This is the Tactical Leader Podcast, where we're on a journey of self-mastery and true leadership. I believe that in order to lead others, you must first be able to lead yourself. And in order to lead yourself, you have to first know yourself. If you want to learn the tactics to get to know yourself, to lead yourself, and to lead others, stay tuned to hear from industry experts as I unpack the tactics that they've used to build their business, build culture, and lead others. All right, so thank you all for being here tonight up here in Milton, way OTP. It took me like an hour and a half, maybe two hours to get out here or 25 minutes from Vinings, but it felt like an hour and a half. Appreciate y'all being out here. A huge round of applause for Six Bridges and everything we're doing up here. So they let us come up here once a month to highlight the local community and highlight different things we're doing with Atlanta and Battle Brews. And we can't be part of this community without really highlighting our non-veteran supporters. And tonight is a big piece of that. I love highlighting those that maybe haven't served or have served, but want to bring a different perspective to what we're doing to the veteran community specifically, especially in the entrepreneurship side. Tonight, we obviously have two amazing individuals that's probably going to let out at least one woo. I don't know from which side. Or the back side. Come on, come on, Dave. One woo. Before the mic, without the mic. Okay. So I will let Casey highlight our speaker and our feature for this evening. But to highlight Casey, y'all heard that she is quite fabulous with Hannah Montana, my future next ex-wife, Selena Gomez. Her background really goes from L.A. to Paris to Texas, right? Her background's really trained as a stylist, a costume and fashion designer, clothier, X, Y, and Z. She's made this outfit for me and then put the Nike, not really, but she is a personal stylist as well as a confidence coach. She does some amazing things that she highlights really building confidence and looking good and feeling good. And overall tonight, I really love highlighting a different perspective for veterans to watch, learn, and really highlight different things, especially with finances. How many veterans are in the room tonight? Love it. So for the veterans, to highlight for the civilians in the room, no offense to y'all, civilians, gross word, how many of us went and made a monster purchase with that signing bonus? I was an officer, you're right, I was an officer. We didn't get signing bonuses. How many of us saw the enlisted folks make a really silly purchase of the brand new Mustang as an E4 and spend way too much money on something silly? So one reason why I love this conversation, nope, you're stuck in here now. You might as well sit down and have fun with us. <laughs> worth a shot, worth a shot. One thing that we saw, we see in the veteran community quite a bit is that we do not know how to spend money. We don't know how to take money and actually like use it in a really intelligent way. And Dave, who moved down here from New England somewhere, really highlights some really amazing financial pieces. And I'm not going to dive too far into it, but he made an impact in things I'm doing and myself personally, professionally. And it was a big thing where I'm like, okay, we probably should talk about finances a little bit more. We should talk about money a little bit more because dumb, 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 dumb about money. So I'm going to be quiet and let Casey finish that introduction because this is an amazing conversation. We're going to go for about 30, 45 minutes with them talking. Again, it is recorded. So if you say something, we're going to publish it and make fun of you. But after about 30, 45 minutes, we're going to move into Q&A. So if you all have any questions about finances, something you want to learn, know about either from the veteran perspective or their perspective, we'll move into a little bit of Q&A in about 45 minutes. So I'll be quiet and let y'all actually listen to the people that matter. You will not be asking me about finance, but hopefully I will spark some interest in making sure you ask him about it. So thank you, Zach, for the intro. Thank you all for being here. As always, you are an incredibly beautiful crowd. Anybody who is willing to sit with me in a microphone, I consider beautiful. So thank you. We'll start there. <laughs> I cannot intro Dave better than saying what a joy he has been to our group. I got to meet Dave in January, so we're pushing almost five months now. So not very long. He is a peer in the small business community, but he is a friend in my life. And we have had some of the best conversations coming from such varied backgrounds and getting to ask these questions with him tonight. I'm super, super excited. So both of us really serve our clients with different tools. However, I think our goal 
of impact is the same. And that goal is confidence. And yes, I'm going to let you borrow my word tonight. So, <laughs> but in all honesty, I try to serve people from a space of confidence from the internal perspective. How do you feel about yourself? How can I decrease your insecurity mindset? How can I make you feel really, really good from a self-image standpoint? And then how can I help you project it externally through wardrobe? Dave, on the other hand, brings in a whole different perspective from the financial industry of financial confidence. How can we be literate in our finances? How can we do things that most people aren't talking about? I think the unique thing about our industries is that it's something you use every single day, clothes and money, yet so few of us are actually taught how to do these things properly. And so I think it's really, really cool that we get to be up here and collaborate in this. So Dave, thank you for being here. And I'm going to let you introduce yourself through some of my questions, because I think that's the best way to do it. I can't do you justice. So on that note, you moved here, what, four or five months ago? Five months. Five months. Why did you move to Atlanta? What brought that shift? What are you thinking about it? How long are you going to stick around with us? So I moved to Atlanta. Five, well, actually, December 1st, so almost six months now. I was going through a divorce, the finalized divorce, and all this. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, too. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't really have a plan because this had gone on for three years, and I had a farm. I had all these other things going on in my life in Connecticut. And one day I was just like, we're done and made his decision in three weeks. I was gonna pack up all my stuff with two of my dogs and leave. No idea why I didn't end up in Atlanta. Ended up here because I happened to know people. A few people I wasn't really good friends with, but I wanted to get as far away from George or uh, Connecticut as possible and just get a fresh perspective on things. Miss Casey, at, a vet, at the very first Vetlanta summit I went to, by the way, and we had this amazing conversation about building confidence through our, our uniforms that we wear. So instantly, right away, I knew I was going to have hit it off the earth. But then I meet Taylor, and I know right away, because she and I have a background in athletics, she and I are going to hit it off. I met Jason. My first conversation with Jason was, hey, man, tell me a little bit about the group you're involved in. Five minutes later, I'm like, I want in. I want in with that group despite knowing Zach. <laughs> and then I meet Nate. You're welcome. Thank you. But then I meet Nate, who I'd never met before. Nate and I are like Casey and I, we do the same thing. We build confidence for people. He just does it through a video. I do it through attacks. I do it with money. My whole life was around, I worked in athletics for 20 years. I was a strength conditioning coach. I didn't know shit about money. I thought I did. I was doing real estate investing. I was doing all these other things, making money, supposedly. When I went back and looked at it, I, was, I wasn't making any money. I was definitely losing money. So it made me start thinking about what the hell's going on with money, what's going on with my situation, and just started phasing out my coaching career into this new coaching career. Sweet. Thank you. So now he is the founder of F and Freedom. Woo! AKA the financial nomad, which speaking of with financial nomad as the backdrop of your brand, I would love for you to share with everybody what that means to you, why it's important, why it is kind of the backbone of everything you're doing. Financial nomad. So the nomad came about because my sister would call me, you live such a nomadic life when I was coaching because I would jump from job to job every couple of years. I got to see all the whole country basically just coaching. And then I found a home in Connecticut. The last 10 years of my career, I spent there and bought a farm and settled in, thought I'd never leave. The nomad part started because I went to Spain my last year of coaching. It was Labor Day weekend, never been out of the country, and never taken a vacation in 20 years. And I'm standing in the middle of the square in Madrid, looking across the square. The translation is the house of ham. And I'm looking across and I'm like, why the hell am I not doing more of this with my life? because I was wearing a, my no vacation time and working 24 seven as a badge of honor that I was outworking everybody. And all I was really doing was giving up my time for other people and not necessarily getting back what I thought what I really wanted. 
So at that point, I, I made a decision. I, I didn't want to go to, back to coaching. It was just six months later that that happened. But I wanted to travel the world. And when my divorce was finalized, it was me and my dogs. And we started traveling the country before I moved down here. And since I moved down here, I've been all the way up to North Dakota, back down to Florida, all over the place. And I use my truck as my office, my home some days, and a place to carry around my two best friends and have a bunch of fun running around the woods and this not escape, but get away and live my life the way I want to live my life. I love it. So let me tell you the first time he said financial nomad to me, I thought, I love to travel. You almost had me hooked. And then you said nomad, which means a way of life. And where will my closets go? So I had to have him backtrack and elaborate that (laughs) so I could get on board with his brand. (laughs) No, I think that's really amazing. And I think it's really amazing that he can see how much most of us are doing, right? How much most of us spend our life in this nine to five and this grind. And how can we do things we want to do now with the money we're earning now? Maybe we don't have the promotion yet or whatever it might be, but how can we utilize the money we have now to make it work for us and what our goals are? So that kind of leads me right into my next question, which is from my perspective in our conversations, you're kind of a unicorn in this industry and there will be a costume for that later. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) I really should have had you bring that, but in seriousness, guys, So many people talk about how can I make more money? How can I make more money? How can I make the money I'm earning make more money for me? His perspective is so unique in the idea of, okay, I'm making this now. How can I make this work for me now? And how can I make it work for me longer? How can I make it the money I have now serve me? So I would really love for you to kind of expound on that, share with this group how you help people through that mindset. So it's interesting because people are always saying, I need to make more money. But nobody ever says, I need to keep more of my money. Right? That's really the, that's really the secret. The secret is learning how to deliberately keep more of every time you get paid. Right? So has anybody ever read Richest Man in Babylon? It's a phenomenal book. It was written in the 20s. And he talks about the, one of the key things is every time you get paid, keep one-tenth of keep one gold coin every time you get paid and live off nine. And put your little satchel around your, your, your waist and gain confidence as you start feeling the weight of that thing grow. Right? Now all of a sudden you're walking around differently. You're talking differently. You're behaving differently. You're not hiding from people because you owe money, right? If you're doing that, you've created dependence. And what we want to do is create independence, right? We don't want to be relying on institutional money. We want to put aside money that we earn, put it to use for us so that it earns more money for us while still playing off your obligations and taking care of the debts and things that you put in place. But once you get out of debts, what's holding you back? That was like the eye-opening point for me. I moved down here and I'm like, I don't really have a home. I can, I can go anywhere I want at any time I want because 10 years ago, I started putting this plan and process in place that I didn't know about. I didn't think of it as a process. It was just something I was doing. And now I teach the process to people. And so everybody has their operating system on your phone, your computer. Why don't we have that for our money? The very first thing we talk about, pay yourself first. Every, Who has ever heard somebody say, pay yourself first? How many people actually pay yourself first? Right? Right? (laughs) But everybody says that because we all know that something is true. We should be doing these things, but we don't. Because we don't put this process in place to do that first. And just simply setting up a savings account in a separate bank than where your checking is, and your cash is and all these other just put it away and keep it separate you don't dip into it to pay your bills or do anything like that it's there to either gain benefit or to create more money for you in the future so there's rules to money that i didn't know until i left coaching and that, so i went to work in the financial institutions in massachusetts a large one and they were i learned a lot about the institution money and i learned a lot about how i hated what they were teaching me 
because it wasn't necessarily education the way that I, as a coach, grew up educating people. You're doing sales tactics. You're getting people just to buy products. There's no rhyme or reason behind things. Just get money on your management and then you're good. That's not how I, that's not how I believe things. So I left them and went to work for somebody else. And along the way, I came up with this idea that I'm going out on my own and just put my own ass on the line. And that's F and freedom. So I just need a yes or no for this because I have spent my whole life to learn rules just so I could break them well. When you said rules to money, <laughs> is there a good way to break them? Define break them. If I break the rules well, will this benefit me? No. No. Okay, we'll have to talk after this. <laughs> okay, we'll get onto that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. No. So in all seriousness, guys, this is a shameless plug for Dave, but it will benefit you. And I'm going to put you on the spot for a second. If you do not yet follow him on social media, I want him to tell you his handles right now because he drops wisdom like crazy. And I read his stuff and I'm like, I had no idea. Or it makes me stop and think and question things differently. So go ahead and tell them your handle because they need to follow you. Anything that you post on. Uh, LinkedIn, Dave Hauser. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that, was pretty, that was pretty easy. On Instagram, the financial nomad, I think. I don't, I don't even know what it is. It is. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't really I don't really know because I just go on there once a day Stuff. That's it. Okay. Well, I say that because I read some of his posts and he, like, I'm always struck by it, first of all, because there's so much insight and he ties it into everyday life. And I'm like, holy moly. Like, this is me working on not cussing, Zach. That was that. Holy moly. Did you catch it? Thank you. You're I very welcome. <laughs> so mature of me. No, but I, read these things, it so attaches to everyday life, the simple little things. And you don't think about that because to me, money is scary. So I don't think about the everyday thing. And I don't think that I get to be in control of it because I hire somebody to be in control of it because it's scary. it terrifies me. Nobody taught me money. But when I read some of his stuff, I'm just, I am really wowed. And so I bring this up to say, you, you quoted the legendary Mr. Rogers and something, and it really struck me. And I will probably butcher this, but I'm going to try to paraphrase it. What is human is mentionable. What is mentionable is manageable. And if you are willing to talk about your struggles, it releases the overwhelm. That's Mr. Rogers, paraphrased, of course. But why that struck me, and him and I have had this conversation before in our industries, I work with people around self-confidence and clothing. And it's something you use every day. But most of the time people come to me and they say, I'm so embarrassed. I have so much shame. I feel like I should know how to do this already, but I just don't know how to do it. And he runs into the same thing. People come to him and they say, oh, I'm really embarrassed. Can we, do we really have to talk about my finances? I, I, there's shame. There's emotion that gets tied to these things. And so to be able to offer people that safe space with knowledge to provide with them, that's something really unique that you do. And so it just really struck me when I read that because I run the same thing in my industry. And what I would really love for you to talk about is how you help people in that space, how you help people when they're coming to you in the space of nervousness, fear, struggle, how you meet them where they're at to talk about everyday things. That's a great question. How funny is it that I work in an industry that your whole life, what are you told not to do? Talk to strangers. Don't talk to strangers. And in my family, it was don't talk to strangers and don't talk about money. Now my whole business is based on talking to strangers and helping them get organized with their finances so that they're eliminating debt, have a tax strategy to only pay what you have to pay but you're obligated to pay legally, right? And then think, rethink and rethink how you're thinking about your money. Is it the best way we're told through the institution and all the marketing stuff, is that the best way and use of our money? Or is that benefiting somebody else? 
Because if it's not benefiting you, why would you do it? And that's just one of those things where I just started asking specific questions like that. How do you know this is going to work out in my favor? How do you know this is going to happen? Right? You, to predict the future, and does anybody know what the weather is going to be like in 10 days? Is that going to change? Is it going to change? Everything's going to change. So work in smaller increments, right? Because most people I, I deal with, they have a lot of debt. And we're not trying to tackle all the debt all at once. And we're certainly not looking to eliminate the debt at the price of not keeping more of your money too, right? So we want to build liquidity while systematically eliminating debts along the way. And it can all be done. Just people don't know how to do it. They're nervous about doing it. So when they come to me, the first thing you want to talk about is you got to have the courage to do it. You have, you have to put your foot down, line in the sand, whatever you want to call it. We're going to make a decision. We're going to be decisive about that decision, and we're not. Going to, and we're going to stick to. We're going to stick to the rules that I outline. And if you don't, then you're on your own, because ultimately it's the person's responsibility, not mine. I can give you all the tools in the world, world, right? Just using my coaching background, I can tell everybody exactly how to squat, how to do all these other things, what they needed to do to recover faster. But if they're out partying late at night and they're out playing video games all night, they're not staying hydrated, their chances of success are going to be, what, better or worse? Sorry. Worse. So it's the same thing. So it's just applying everyday activities to those types of simple things that we want to tackle one thing at a time. So every time we meet, there's action steps for people to take. Like we fill out an application, like we fill out a questionnaire, something. Something to get them involved to get them moving forward. And my business doesn't just do finances. I do estate planning, identity protection, all aspects of you keeping more of your stuff and legally protected from lawsuits. That's a big deal about keeping more of your money. So it's just using everyday analogies, I guess, would be a good way. Okay, so I use farming, I use exercise, I use, I don't even know, whatever comes to my mind. I read a lot, I read a lot of stoicism. So that comes up. I use a lot of those quotes as part of my posts and just getting people to rethink how they're thinking and how to put money to use for them because it shouldn't be me telling them what to do. It's having a conversation to get them realizing that, oh, what they're saying and what they're doing are two different things. And getting that realigned to move forward. And it could be 90 days, it could be 180 days, one year. But I have an end in mind for your ultimately what you want to have happen for your money and your life, right? It's not just about it's not just about money. This is about living life because life is an adventure. And my coaching career, I was living in a jail cell that I created for myself because I thought I had to outwork everybody, and now I'm want to make up for all of that by driving around. I'm taking my dog Hank swimming across the country. That's my goal, ultimately. I'm just doing things like that that I put off that I don't have to now because I started planning 10 years ahead for this day, this time, that all the stuff I did when I was coaching prepared me to have these conversations with people now. And I hope I have an impact on people because it's not just the people I'm talking to, it's the next generation of those people, right? Mike, you're not just talking to your clients. You're talking about your clients' futures. And what does their future entail, their legacy? What's that? Most people don't think about that. If you keep giving to a charity after you're long gone for 10 years or 100 years, wouldn't you want to do that? Some people do. You got a scholarship for your kid, name for your kid that passes away or something like that. Find meaning in those things. It's not about money. It's about living your life. Money is a tool to help you live your life. It doesn't solve problems. Money actually creates problems. That's why my life is whittled down to four bins. Four bins. And most of it's ammo. <laughs> so, not clothing bins. It's okay. My life is four closets, and most of it's clothes. <laughs> no. So, two things I want to highlight here, guys. He said the word liquidity, and my background's in fashion. So I immediately said, huh? But 
when you continue to let him talk, he can break it down and it's understandable and it's digestible. And it's like, oh, this makes so much sense. Thank you so very much. So I, <laughs> but on, <laughs> what I also want to point out is you also said identity protection and how does this play into my secret dream of being a ninja? Or my dream of being Ryan Reynolds. Oh yeah, that's going to take a lot of identity protection. <laughs> <laughs> Worth a shot. I think I have a closer shot being a ninja. Just saying. At least I have the costume. <laughs> so that leads me into how many small business owners do we have in here tonight? Can we get a round of applause for small business owners? So there's something we talk a lot about as small business owners, and that's our ideal clients, right? Who are our ideal clients? And in all honesty, all of us, we can serve anybody. You come to us with a problem, I got you. But at the end of the day, it's about who can we serve the best with the tools that we have? What does that demographic look like? How do we foster relationships with those people? And what I think about when I think of Dave is how he often talks about, I serve nurses and I serve firefighters. So I would love for him to kind of break out and tell us with the financial freedom playbook that you talk about from all that you do, how you serve that community and why that's your, what I consider. And if I'm wrong, please tell me. It's just what I can kind of consider your ideal client based on what you talk about things. 30 years ago, this June, I was in a car accident. One of my best friends was killed. And I ended up being in a coma for four days. The truck had landed on my lower half, landed on my friend James's head, crushed the perineal nerve in my leg. So I don't, can't feel my left leg. Woke up to my parents telling me James was dead. And for years after that, I didn't really think about the accident for a long time. Until I got into this space. And for what, some reason, I was just drawn to nurses and firefighters and police officers as well. But I was never able to get in conversation with a, a police officer. And it dawned on me talking to somebody that I met down here. Why? And that's because it's those firefighters and the EMTs that pulled the truck off me. They're the ones that got me to the hospital. There's the nurses in the ER and the ICU that took care of me. When my parents could. When my friends could. It's three months of my life that I don't have any idea what, what happened. But it's because of those people that I'm here today able to do the things that I'm able to do. So they have a special place in my heart in the fact, and I want to serve them, right? They come out here and put their ass on the line for everybody every day in their community. Everybody wants, everybody's respectful to firefighters and nurses maybe, but not as much as I really think they're, they can give back. They can be given back to. So it's just one of those groups of people. I can work with anybody. I choose to work with those people specifically. I've worked with a part of a group that is does long-term care planning and disability planning for the fire professional firefighters in California. And there's a specific fund that is just for that group. It's the best long-term care disability insurance that you can possibly have. And working with them, I hope to be able to bring that to something similar to this state. Because I love living in Georgia. And I love the people that I've met here because everybody's been so helpful to me. But I always thought everybody was against me because they didn't understand the shit that I was doing. Here, people understand. People get me. They maybe don't understand exactly what I'm doing, what the purpose is, why I want to live out of the truck half the time. But those firefighters and those, the nurses in particular, they get shit on by the administrators, by the hospitals. And without them, so the American Nurses Association has said they're going to need a million nurses next year to replace the nurses that are leaving the force. A million nurses next year. Imagine if they could take one thing out of their life, that little less stress that they could put at ease, would they enjoy being a nurse again? They didn't have to worry about the money. They weren't dependent upon the hospital. The firefighters, if they get hurt in an accident or they have something go wrong, What's their plan to keep the income coming? How, do they, how are they going to get that by? How are they going to keep the roof over their head? Do they have other income streams coming in already? Maybe. 
Most of those guys do. Most of those guys and gals do. How do we capitalize on that? How do we put it to work for you and help you keep more of that? So everybody always kind of looks at me funny, right? When I talk to those groups, that's why. They have a special place in my heart and I'll be forever grateful to them. For, the, for those firefighters and the people that saved me in West Virginia, they'll never know about me, except by posting on social media when I'm thanking them all the time. Because one day I hope to be able to meet one of those people and just say thank you. Thank you for letting me do the things that I do. Can we get a round of applause for first responders in the military? So that hit me and my mom is going to kill me, so I will probably need to ride home. I told you don't make me cry. But I know. I didn't know that story though. See, you learned something new. Any other nurses in the room besides this lovely woman? What was it, 43, 45 years that you served as a nurse? And she's still patching up your life. <laughs> I know. And she's still <laughs> exactly. So I point that hit really hard to home because I have seen my mom do amazing things when we are on road trips and we pass a wreck and she stops immediately to be the first responder until other people can get there. And it is a very impactful thing. So anyways, we're moving on now. So I have one more question for you and we'll turn it over to the audience. You talk about a lot that you started this business so you could serve people as a guide and what you needed most as a young adult to avoid the pitfalls of finances. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, and obviously this room as well, what would you say? Start keeping more of my money earlier, right? So pick out your phones and look up the word to save. Look up in the dictionary on the phone, what does the word save mean? Save or rescue. Say it one more time, Meg. Keep save or rescue. Someone or something from harm or danger. Right, so save it from harm or danger. Now look up the word invest. Spend money with the expectation of achieving a profit or a material result by putting it into a financial plan, share, or property, or by using it to develop commercial needs. Right? They're not the same thing. One is to save, keep from harm. The other is to put to work for you. Right? Hopefully you know something about what you're putting it into. Like Jamie, Jason, if you're putting a deal together for real estate, the person has no idea what they're talking about. Are you going to, you're going to kind of talk them out of the deal, right? You, right. And if you don't have any control over what you're investing, maybe you want to think about that. And my biggest thing would be stop chasing returns. If you know what, if you have control over something, and you know what you're investing in, you're going to be able to dictate the results of those things. So stop chasing things. Because the chase form a form of dependency. So keep more of what you earn for a lot longer and put it in a vehicle that you're not going to be taxed on anymore. Does that answer your question? Guys, give it up for Evan Freedom, Dave Hauser. Zach, are you walking around for questions? Yes, I will walk for questions, but I'm going to start with the questions. So piggybacking off the two answers you just gave, talking about people that have recurring revenue, a lot of veterans, VA, disability, retirement, for some of us that are retired and need a sugar mama like me two weeks ago, finally got retired. Anybody? No. Right? Woo to the sugar mama. Am I right? So thank you. I appreciate that. I was waiting on Dave's woo for retirement, but no. Okay. So combining those two things toward the veteran community specifically, we have a recurring revenue stream that's coming in from retirement or VA or somebody in the room that has a recurring revenue stream that it might not be their primary revenue stream, what advice would you give them to take that money and actually utilize it appropriately? That depends. Are you an attorney? Hang on. That depends, right? Because I can't answer that question. I can't answer that question without knowing them, knowing what the rest of their whole picture looks like, their financial picture looks like what they want to accomplish, what their purpose is, right? So that's what people want to jump to that. Where do I invest my money? Well, tell me more. <clears throat> Keep a portion of that and put it to use later once you have a greater idea of what you want to really accomplish. Do you want cash flow? Are you looking for just appreciation? Are you looking for 
a stock market investment? Are you doing Bitcoin? What the hell do you want to do? Right? So you can't really answer that question. So say I want to be a stay-at-home dad eating bonbons while I have a overly muscular five foot ten avatar blonde girlfriend supporting me. I, Where would I, I put my I feel like I feel like you would be having you'd be in a new house. You'd be living someplace else. Probably with a forerunner and a new tundra. That's right. And a ring on my finger. Propose already. Wait, what? I'm sorry. All right. All right. Joking aside, that's a good point. Depends, right? So I'm going to walk the room. Anybody have immediate questions right off the rip? Jason, of course. So except for the guy that wants to be a stay-at-home dad, we'll let Jason ask a question. Do I get to hold this? Cool. A little bit ago, you talked about saving versus investing. In this financial climate, is there a better approach? Like, I think I saw on the way in, there was another big bank that shit like a hundred million dollars or something like that. Like they don't know where the hell it went and with inflation and banks collapsing and uh, interest rates being trash and money losing value by the minute. Any preference at this point? Depends. <laughs> but, but you also want to think about where, where are you putting the savings account? Where's the savings account? If it's at a, a bank that has... 0.8% are there banks that pay higher interest? And there are. Yeah. Right? So like Ally Bank, that's one I always recommend. But Citibank, I saw something, City Citibank, which I would never something. Yes, 4.5. Yeah. But is that a bank where you want to put your money? If you look historically, Citibank doesn't have a great track record for being clean players in the game. So I would look for those banks that are smaller and are online, don't have not a brick and mortar, those types of things. You know, and there's other places you can stick cash too. So yeah. Earlier you talked about ammo. What do you think about ammo as an investment right now? Because no, I'm serious. I'm, I have great question. Thank you. One of my former athletes at Army, that was my first college job. Go Army Navy. He owns or he's one of the main people that he sells ammo. That's his business. And he's always like, how's it, man? When are you going to buy some ammo? Yeah, I need that kind of Yeah, <laughs> so he's an awesome guy, but it's a great place to, you're investing in it, right? Unless you're going out to blow off a thousand rounds or whatever. Right. Not a good use of money, maybe? I mean, it depends. <laughs> but if you know the business and you know it really well and you can control it, great place. A business is a great place to put your money in my opinion. I just want to say that there are certain fashion brands that are great investments. Fashion They will never depreciate. Chanel will always make you more money. So thanks for being here tonight. I appreciate it. I too just came down from the East Coast, so happy to be in Georgia. So first time here, so hello everyone. All right. The first softball question, what were you farming in Connecticut? So I had goats. I had an egg production business. I used to have 50 chickens. So COVID for me was a great, a great business for the eggs. Not a great business model because I would deliver them for free because there was a, they weren't selling them. So it was like, I just wanted to get back to my community at that point. So it was goats, chickens, I had ducks too. You bring up as well to the brick and mortar, right? So going into the second question, like cryptocurrencies, a lot of momentum now pushing towards crypto with the bank, the rush on the banks, right? Everyone's running to get their banks with Silicon Valley Bank, Fold and others, right? So what does that, what does that mean for cryptocurrencies? Are, are you kind of, is there a shift now to where we could maybe, should we shift some of our assets that are in a high yield savings account to crypto? I don't know. <laughs> I am no expert on crypto. And for right now, I would say no. Speculative. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, if you think about it, this, the way crypto was explained to me was you have a, you have a debit card. Who doesn't have a debit card? Right? Everybody has it. So when you go to use your debit card, all they're really doing is moving numbers around in your bank account. That's essentially what crypto was, how it was explained to me. It's just moving money around digitally, right? How's it different? Well, once is way before things started getting regulated too. So the government's going to get their piece. They're going to want their piece. 
the whole point behind crypto was to get away from the regulation of it and to be finite. And now it's everybody wants a piece of it. All the banks have one, right? The federal government has their own money, their own Bitcoin, or whatever you want to call it. It's just a matter of time. But I'm I'm no expert on it. I got one more. Wait, I, I would take just take full advantage of, of the hand here. You know, uh, so real estate market uh, thoughts on. I haven't currently bought yet in Georgia. Talk to Jason Fleeman. Yeah. So, but you're also taking the avenue of, of using the truck or like an RV or something like that. So what? Uh, <laughs> maybe later. So thoughts on interest rates, mortgage loans, something like that. So I'll refer to those two guys for the interest rates. Real estate's a great vessel because it produces cash flow. Okay? Not fix and flips. I'm talking about cash flowing properties. Right? Meg and I were talking about this earlier. Cash flow is what people want. Right? It's another form of income. And if you lost your job for whatever reason, hopefully you still have some income coming in. That's ultimately what we want. And an appreciation, you can sell it off. You have control over the rents. Right? Those fit my criteria for things I want to invest in. Definitely the control part of it. <clears throat> but to learn more about the real estate market here, talk to Jason, talk to Jamie. Jamie can talk to you about the rates more than I can, but great questions. Do we have another question that I can walk to? Because I'm going to ask, being that bald is the new beautiful, where, where's your barber? All right, come on. There are three so, of us in the room. Come on uh, now. Don't so, let that fall flat. Come on. What now. I'm actually was looking for is a barber for my beard. I've been looking for the same. I'm trying to shape it up a little bit. Yeah. Lloyd's trying to grow one. All right. So, any, uh oh, Elisa. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Do we go to Meg or do we go to Elisa? No, no, no. Skirt. We're going to the Energizer Bunny. Thank you so much for being here, Dave. I so appreciate Thank you. Thank you for coming out. My pleasure. So my question is this. I have no idea. What is he doing behind no, me? You're awesome. Oh, oh okay. You're awesome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you know, it seems like everybody here is ready to have a conversation about money. So what do you do or how do you talk to somebody who has like a different money psychology and or is intimidated or feels like, oh, I don't need to talk about that. Is there any strategy to get them to open up? Great question. It really depends on the person. It depends. It depends on the person, right? Because how dire or how much they are really looking to make a change, people will have that conversation. But if people, right? So there's a difference between being interested in something and being committed to something. Right? What's the difference? A commitment is, or a commitment is a pledge to do something. Right? It's a form of putting your ass on the line every day, and then hope, then having the self-discipline to keep your ass there and keep you on track. But most people are interested in real estate. Most people are interested in making more money. Most people are interested in keeping more of their money. They're not committed to it because being committed means you have to take ownership of that, which means you're responsible. And why do people want other people to do that stuff for them? So they can blame somebody else. Oh my God, I'm not doing great because Jamie sucks at his job. True, 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 true. Not true. So true. I just happened to look over his face. It's the first person I saw. His hair's way too pretty to be good at a job. Come on now. But that's it. It's, are you committed? Are you going to be committed? So as we go through the process, it's kind of a series of how committed are you? If I ask for three things, you're going to set up a savings account. You're going to set up a checking account. You're going to set up a cash account. That's it. If you can do those three things, we'll move to the next step. If you can't, we don't. And if you do those first three, then there's another step. You fill out this questionnaire. You're going to send me your insurances. Da, 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 da. You get those things done, we move to the next step. Right? So there's, you have to do something for, to get something from me in return. Right? So it's, and along the way, we're just filling in answers, right? Getting them to rethink why are they did, why are they doing something? And like Casey was saying about the post, it's, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm asking, is this possible? There's some way, a different way to do things. And that it gets the same result, but maybe in a different way. Right? So it's just having a real life conversation. 
funny story is when I first got into the industry, I would, I love just vomiting on people how much I was learning. And, oh my God, this is the greatest. Wait till I tell you this. And their eyes glaze over. And what did I do? I doubled down. I just kept pouring it on them. And I just kept throwing up on them. That's right, Jason. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and then I would just keep going. I would keep doing the same thing over and over. And then I realized one day is because I'm not being, not having a conversation. I'm in sales pitch. Like we talk about all the time. Because the products are just products. They're just a tool. Without coordination of those products and a path you want to actually end up on, it's just all gibberish. So it starts with the conversation. That conversation could change your could change your whole life. So speaking of commitment, would a 72 month, 100,000 mile, 100, mile warranty for a Pearl White 2024 Toyota Tundra be like a good commitment? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. A little bit of support. It depends. All right, I'm going to go to a real question. Okay, Dave, the question that I asked you almost 15 months ago, and I didn't commit to it. So cash flow is king and gets you out of the rat race, whether you're a business owner or a W2 employee. How do you measure? Let's say this. What's your favorite tool of measuring cash flow progress? down to the tactical that keeps you held accountable and are you willing to commit a template if there's not a software so i actually have a software that i use i'm sorry she got really savage really quick i uh, know i thought these were the savages yeah, my no. goodness <laughs> that's a great question the measurement tool i use is a proprietary software and basically it takes what nate's what nate does with video we're taking a picture and i was telling him the other day the way i take pictures is old school because I'm an old school person. So think of Walt Disney making those flip books to make his cartoons. So each time people come in and we have a discussion, there's a picture taken. There's a whole chart of things that I want to, for them to see. The next time we take a new one and a new one and a new one, we keep piling them on. So our progress for measuring backwards from where we are now to how far we've come. I'm not looking to project anything in the future because I can't I don't have a crystal ball and I don't know what the hell is going to happen in the future. I may not be here 10 years from now. You may not be here for 10 years. Let's worry about now, what we can control now and what steps we can do to project or to work towards 10 years. But we're going to do it in a 90 day period. We're going to do it in a 180, period, 180 day period, a year period, nothing longer than a year. Because your vision is going to change in a year. Is there anybody in this room that still believes and acts the same way they did 10 years ago besides that? Yikes. I wish it wasn't true. <laughs> no, because, because we all evolve over time. We all add different things and thought perspectives. And that's something I believed 10 years ago, I don't believe in today. So it's just one of those things where you don't really know until you're having that conversation. But the measure... I want to look backwards, not forwards. That's called personal financial snapshot. And you can easily book a call with Dave for yeah. 30 minutes to find out exactly yeah. the software. Go to the website. <laughs> yeah, we can walk through that again. No problem. All right. So we're winding down to the last minute. I had to do a sales pitch for Dave because he's not going to do it. I'm, so, I'm not sorry, actually. So wind down in the last few minutes. Can we give a round of applause for these two up here? So before they cut off the beer taps, I want to make sure we get some time to get a refill. We had some time, right? Okay, good. Because I need a refill. She needs two. I want to make sure we have some time to network and chit-chat a little bit with these two amazing people and with each other. But I do want to send it off on a final word from the Financial Nomad and from the stylish... Confidence Queen. What's or con Ninja? My, I'm sorry, Ninja. I thought. Look, I thought Queen was way better, but Confidence Ninja. We're redoing. We're redoing your logo. I love it, Dave. Give us a final word of wisdom. Oh man. Bye. So, if you've never bought a Forerunner before, it's the greatest vehicle ever made. By the way, better than Jeep. Sorry, Tammy. But just think about things that you're doing every day 
and how does that affect you financially? And I'll use this example. We all came here tonight. Did I have to eat the whole plate of nachos? Yes. Yes. <laughs> the answer was yes, because it was in front of me. But am I going to pay for that later? Is there a cost to eating all those nachos? Yes. It depends. It could actually end up wearing pens. But it's, if you just ask those simple questions, what is this going to do for me today? Do I really need this? Do I need, need to eat all the candy? That's another question I ask. And that simply is relating to, do I need this today? Or can I sit on this and wait for five days or six days? And am I going to want it then? Because if I want it then, then I want it, right? Another example would be the camper. I wanted to buy a camper. And then I was like, eh, $25,000 is not that much. But is that going to cut into my cash flow? Is that going to put me a little farther away from where I want to be? Yes. So I didn't buy the camper. Now I just came out in the, in the back of the rig still. That's it. Simple little things like that. So to be fair, every Friday, so every seven days, we still get nachos. I still want them seven days later, to be fair. And she eats them too. No? Wow. All right. Y'all are a tough crowd tonight. I'm done with y'all. Casey, final words of wisdom. Nobody mentioned gold. I'm just saying. It's a really good amount. No. I thought that was funny. <laughs> I see what you did there. A stylish investment. Come on. Go. No? Okay. I loved it. Thank you. We have dad jokes. We have dad jokes, 100%. No, but in all reality, kind of to piggyback on what Dave said, make sure the things that you use every day, your money, your clothes, your confidence, it's there to serve you, that you are setting yourself up for success. Because if you're utilizing tools every day and you are not intentional about making them serve you, you are doing yourself a disservice. That's it. That was so good. Formal round of applause. Where's the woo? You missed the woo, Dave. Oh, that's woo! oh god, Casey, you're fired. All right, ask for woo, y'all. I appreciate y'all being here. A couple closing things, real quick. Of course, Vetlanta's Q2 Summit is coming up to the College Football Hall of Fame. Please show up, support. We're only as strong as our non-veteran support within the community. The second, third, and fourth Tuesday of every month, we have one of these events. The second and third are in Buckhead, and then this one is and the boondocks of crab apple slash Milton. I appreciate y'all being here tonight. We do have some amazing things coming up in the very near future, May 6th. If anybody wants to get yelled at by her at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, we are doing a workout. We're doing a community workout with Workout with a Vet. So we'll be at Home Depot Backyard doing a little bit of fun-ish, but you'll get to see what a pretty blonde drill sergeant looks like, her. And then this summer, we do have a three-day business entrepreneurship summit that I am hosting attached to these events. So if y'all are interested in learning more about a three-day summit, let me know. And then we have some more amazing things happening over the next several months. So one final round of applause for these two. Get a tequila shot, get a refill, and y'all have a great night. Thank y'all. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Tactical Leader Podcast. If this episode helped you along your journey of self-mastery and has inspired you to do more, I challenge you to head over to myvoicechallenge.com so you can find out how you can discover your voice, claim your independence, and build that thriving business that you've always wanted. Again, that's myvoicechallenge.com.